am so honored to have what I consider, or who I consider to be, a son, um, Casey, here. And I was just kind of thinking as Shelly was talking about when I first met him. How many years ago? What did 11 that years ago. About 11 years ago, I met him. And the first time I saw Casey, he walked in the, he, he was, oh. he was, um, he was a, a skinny, Fair. he was a skinny, <laughs> recovering drug addict is when I like right. first met him and he walked into our church and I saw him and said, oh my goodness, um, Casey Ryan is, is here. But man, um, he has really grown up in the Lord. Right? And grown out. And grown up and grown out for the glory of God. No, we love you. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just totally messing with you. But it really was. It's, been, it's just been um, um, spectacular watching you come in. And what was your first memory when we, uh, back in the days, oh, gosh. Of Cornerstone Assembly of God? Yeah. Uh, what was my first memory? Uh, so I didn't grow up in a church. And uh, that, was, that was probably the first time. I, I may have been to church uh, you know, two or three times in my life. I was 18 at that point. And so that was my first time, certainly though, being in a charismatic church. And uh, I just remember thinking, these people are nuts. I can't stand any of these people. They're weird. They're, they're loud. They're boisterous. Uh, and they keep hugging me. And what the heck is up with that? Yes. And uh, 11 years later, you guys got me, man. Hook, line, and sinker. I'm still here. So it was, it was incredible watching him um, just get grabbed by Jesus, yeah. you know, and, and transformed by Jesus and just watch the call of God grow in his life. And we went through some bumps and some challenges <laughs> along the way, a lot, of, um, a lot of funny stories. We don't want to use that, you know, time for that. But it's been such a privilege, and <laughs> I love you to be a part of your life, and it's so cool what God has done, what God has done. Well, so I, I want to engage him, and yes, he's our high school and college pastor, but um, he... He has something to say, not just to high school students and college students. You know, this is a, this is, this is a man of God, and, um, and I, I want him to speak to you, but I, I kind of want to narrow the subject down a little bit, and I want to read a passage of Scripture, and we're going to talk about the Scripture a little bit, because God did something really supernatural for many of us around here, uh, the beginning of 2019, that was transformative. Um, really transformative, and, and, and I want to tell you that story a little bit about how it impacted my life, how it impacted Casey's life, and then, and then invite all of us into what the Lord is offering. So let me just read this, and then um, I'm going to ask you, Casey, what you think of when I read this passage as it relates to what the Lord did in all of us at the beginning of last year. It's found in Ephesians chapter 3, and I'm going to read just about five passages of a scripture. Verse 14 through 19, so listen. Um, Paul is writing, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love. I'm going to say that again. That you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ 
which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. What a great passage. So Casey, when you hear that scripture, and as you think back to what God was doing in us um, a little less than a year and a half ago, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, um, so the, the, the first thing that comes to mind is the question, uh, what's your hope in? And, you know, what are you grounded in? Uh, and I know for me, uh, so uh, I've been following Jesus faithfully for 11 years. And uh, gosh, so it was last year when, when the Lord started doing all this you know, really good stuff. So for 10 of those 11 years, uh, or at least I'd say probably realistically for eight or nine of those uh, 11 years, I was not grounded in love, right? I was grounded in success. I was grounded in achievement. I was grounded in other people's opinions about me. And so if, um, you know, people who I, I highly valued thought well of me, right, I could think well of myself. Uh, and so last year, what happened, uh, you know, we, we called it kind of the reset season. I think it was kind of the season, that we, the name that we branded it. And um, it was about getting back to our first love. And, uh, you know, there's the, out of that, there were so many just, you know, prophetic words spoken uh, through the word. And um, one of them was we need to return back to our first love. And it was, uh, you know, out of Revelation 2, Church of Ephesus. And uh, I, in order to really answer that question um, and to, to, to I got to give you some context, right? So as, as, as Pastor Dustin was saying, when I got saved 11 years ago, when I got saved out of, out of just a really like wild and lifestyle, man. Drugs, alcohol, gangs, parties, all of it. And um, when I got saved, I mean, it was, I mean, it was amazing. It was like shame fell off, you know, fear fell off. Um, it was, it was if the first time ever I, I felt joy and it wasn't just joy, it was joy unspeakable and full of glory, right? And, and it was like, I used to sing the song, uh, Where I Belong. It was around this time that song came out. And I used to tell people, it feels like I finally found where I belong. And, uh, man, it was, so, it was just so powerful and so sweet. I, could just, I just feel even the Lord's presence on it now, thinking back on it. And, you know, all I knew, I didn't know much about the Bible. Like I said, I didn't grow up in church. But what I knew was that God loved me and that my sins were forgiven. And I didn't deserve it, and I didn't earn it, and nothing, nothing I ever did would ever earn it or make me deserve it or justify it. And there was such freedom and such joy in that. Well, along the years, or you know, along the, along the way, um, somehow I just lost sight of that. You know, I, I started pursuing theology a little bit, which was, you know, it's not a bad thing. It's a, it can be a really good thing, but for me, it was probably not the greatest. And I started really pursuing my sanctification, which again is a really good thing. But, um, it, you know, for me, what it did was those two things really got my eyes off of the goodness of God. And it really got my eyes off of my salvation experience in the gospel. So pause right there for a second <clears throat> before you segue into, I think, mm -hmm. where you're going. And, and, this passage is interesting because it says to, for us to be rooted and grounded in love. Now, your experience was like my experience. It, my experience just lasted a lot longer because I thought I was rooted and grounded, and I was rooted and grounded in a lot of stuff. Yeah. I was rooted and grounded in a lot of theology. I was rooted and grounded in discipline. I was rooted and grounded on, on maybe how to build a church. I went to all the conferences and did all those things. I mean, I thought I was really prepared because I felt like I was rooted and grounded but I missed that last little participle right there, 
that talked about yeah. in love. Yeah. And so what you're describing is, is you had an encounter with, with the Lord, and then, of course, you were under, you were under my tutelage, which wasn't very helpful during that time. <laughs> it was very because, helpful. But I was you know, rooted and grounded in a, in a lot of performance-oriented things, and that's what I was mentoring you into, mm-hmm. you know, even though I had good intentions, but it, it, it really wasn't, it wasn't this. Right. It, when I look at this passage now, it's like rooted and grounded. Yeah, I was, but I wasn't rooted and grounded in love. Yeah, that's, well, that's exactly right, and, and I've never blamed you for that. If it makes you feel any better, um, super Please grateful for you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you know, over the years, um, I start pursuing these other things, and uh, I didn't realize it, but I really started to try to justify this amazing gift that I've been given, and uh, well, that didn't work. You know, and what ended up happening was shame started coming back and, you know, the voice of the accuser was super loud. And um, because ultimately, like, I can never, I can never justify, I can never do enough good. I can never be successful enough. I can never, you know, achieve enough in ministry. I can never, you know, do whatever, perform enough miracles, whatever, right? I can never do enough to really justify the fact that I was a sinner and I needed to be rescued, right? And so, um, so we get up to 2019. And uh, God just starts moving. And, and you know, something to think about, just to, so, so he, he doesn't rush past this, that he was saved, spirit-filled, tongue-talking, right, in ministry. But yet, you were ended up in a not-so-spiritually healthy place. Yeah. But you thought you were. I, mean, I just, I just kind of say that for all of us to understand that just because you're saved, just because you're spirit-filled, just because you may have a prayer language, just because you're, I mean, you are worshiping God on Sundays and have great praise and worship music, you can still be missing something and have all those other boxes checked. Mm-hmm. That's, fa- that's really something to take note of. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, what, what essentially happened is kind of the way I describe it to people is somewhere along the way, um, he became first and foremost Lord and King for me. Right now, the Bible clearly bears out that he is Lord and King, and ultimately he gets he gets to, he gets say so over my whole life. But it felt like I was the servant working for a king, you know, and uh, that that can be good, but it's not a great motivator for a lot of things, and it doesn't produce a lot of gratitude in your heart. Rather than you know, well, I'm I'm a sinner who's been saved, and yeah. so um, you know, 2019 happens, and the Lord's moving, and. Uh, we're sitting uh, in Pilly's office, and it wasn't, it wasn't a prayer meeting. That's what was so funny about it is it was not a prayer meeting. It was not, there was no, you know, keys in the background. There was nothing. I mean, it was just, we were having, I think it was a tactical meeting about something, yeah. I don't even remember. And uh, in it, everyone just kind of goes, Jesus. And they just go silent for a little bit. And I hear Pastor Jeff, he goes, Jesus. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I just feel it. I feel this just this emotion welling up in me, this intense um, presence welling up in me in a way that I had never felt before. Uh, and you know, I've I felt uh, the I felt the rebuke of the Lord before in my life. I have certainly felt the discipline of the Lord. Um, I have felt the Lord's love over me. I have felt you know acceptance and kindness. I've, I felt the gamut of emotions over the last eleven years, but that was the first time. I felt this emotion and I, and I tried to kind of figure it out. Like, what is this thing? And what I landed on, it was, it was excitement. Mm-hmm. And I felt it rise up in me. It was the coolest thing. So I'm sitting on the chair like this 
And, I, and it won't translate well, so I'm not going to try to explain to you exactly what happened. Needless to say, it was just a, it was a pretty intense experience <laughs> with the Lord, if you remember. Yeah, I but I, I felt it rise up, right? And it was excitement. Mm. And it was the same kind of excitement that I would have Christmas morning when I'm getting ready to give my, my kid something wonderful, something that they've always wanted, right? Yeah. Like I'm, 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 I'm waiting for little Ollie to open that gift because he's going to be so, so excited. And I start feeling that over me. And then all of a sudden, basically, I'm, I'm, I'm out, man. I'm out of the count. And the Lord is just, just downloading information in me. And one of the things that he says is, he goes, you will go back to calling me father, right? You are not to be my servant. You are to be my son. And I love you. And you need to accept this. I'm excited for what I have for you. If you only knew the plans that I have for you, it's going to be so good. You're going to love it, right? And um, I mean, it just, it, it broke me. I had never had an encounter with the Holy Spirit like that. Um, I honestly kind of written it, anytime I'd seen stuff like that, I'd kind of written it off as, as cuckoo or nuts. Man, it changed everything. So let me just give you just a little perspective. You know, we're not looking to elicit emotional responses or manifestations, right? Right. I mean, that's not, that's not the aim for any kind of encounter. But here's the truth, right? We are made, you know, of like flesh and bone. And when all of a sudden you get hit with 100 million volts of electric love, to, <laughs> to think the physicality of who you are is not going to have some kind of response is probably not even valid right? Yeah. I mean, some people maybe, maybe cry or what have you, but as I watch Casey, because again, uh, we're, we're in Billy's office, and that was just kind of an epicenter for like about six months as, as, as God was moving on so many of us, primarily as leaders coming together, just drawing us close in his love and with one another. And so Casey, if I could just like, I'll paint the picture a little, right bit, a little bit more, a little bit more different. He, he, was, he was laying on the floor, you know, and, and I I don't know if it's breakdancing or what it is, but, you know, I think they call it the worm or something like that. It was like these, these just, just bolts of just, just things shooting yeah. down him. And, 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 and all he could say, I remember all he could say was, it's burning, it's, it's burning, it's so hot, it's so hot, but, like it, but it feels so good. I mean, I, we, yeah. we were all just watching this, this encounter yeah. with God. You know, that was, yes, it was, it was affecting the body, right? And, yeah, and, that's, sure. and, I, and that's just not the point. The point is is what was happening yeah. to your soul. Yeah. You know, the body was responding, yeah, but man, it's, that's not what we're after. We're after, we're after what's going on inside. So, yeah, yes. so something, some, something changed in you. Yeah, so immediately uh, after that, uh, it, you know, I got up and I just tried to, tried to collect myself and um, it, was, it was just, I don't know, man. It was like all of a sudden, I loved him like I loved him when I first met him. You know, yeah. like it was just, I just remembered what it was like to, to, you know, it, it felt like getting saved again. Now, no, I'm not saying I got saved again. I'm just saying it, it's what it felt like. It was like, I use this term uh, and, and I, it's kind of sacrilegious. I don't mean it to be, but the magic was back. You know, like when you, when you first meet Jesus and, and, and you're coming out of darkness and you're getting thrown into his marvelous light. It's just, it's wonderful again. It was like that. It was just like, oh my gosh. And immediately I stopped caring largely what other people thought about me, mm-hmm. right? Immediately, um, I started realizing that I, I'm actually accepted by God yeah. and it's free and I don't have to earn it and I don't have to justify it. And so I had this encounter, right, with, with, with the Spirit, but it wasn't just the Spirit. 
um, right afterwards, I had these pretty uh, intense encounters with the word, right? And, and the Lord began to speak to me, 2 Samuel chapter 9, 2 Samuel chapter 9. And I opened it up, and it is this story uh, that I had never read prior to that, and it was David and Mephibosheth, mm-hmm. right? And, and I don't have time to, to unpack all of the story, but um, if you want to read it at home, go ahead, 2 Samuel chapter 9. It is wonderful. But in it, what you see is essentially you see David is looking to show this guy, Mephibosheth, who is lame in both feet, living in the land uh, in Lodabar in some, others, in some other person's house, right? He was um, Saul's grandson, right? And David looks at his servant one day and he says, hey, is there anybody left of the house of Saul that I can show kindness to mm-hmm. for the sake of Jonathan, who is Mephibosheth's father? And uh, so they go out and they get Mephibosheth. They bring him back into the, the palace and David's super excited because he's getting ready to, to bless him. He's like, I'm going to make you a son. I'm going to let you eat at my table. I'm going to take care of you. I know you're lame. I know that you can't work. I work we, we got you. And uh, that story is just so, it was, was so impactful for me because what you see is at first Mephibosheth fights it, yeah. right? He, David says, Mephibosheth, and he says, what is your servant that you should regard a dead dog like me, hmm. right? And he had just gotten done telling him, hey, I'm gonna bless you. I'm gonna make you a son. You're gonna eat at my table. And his response was one of shame, yeah. right? What is a servant? What is your servant that you should regard a dead dog like me? And uh, I realized that ultimately the biggest form of pride is the refusal of a blessing, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. right? And, and you have the Lord who is the father, right? And he's, he's looking at me and he's saying, I want you to be my son. And for, the la- and for eight years, he'd been saying, I want you to be my son, I want you to be my son. And I was, I was playing the Mephibosheth card. Mm. No, Lord, I'm a servant, right? I'm a servant. What is your servant that you should regard a yeah. dead dog like me? And of course, the end of the story is wonderful. It says that Mephibosheth ate at the king's table regularly as one of his sons. Yeah. And my favorite line in the whole story, it ends with this, this reiteration, and Mephibosheth was lame in both feet, yeah. right? In other words, it ends not with Mephibosheth walking and doing all these amazing things. Yeah, that's good. It ends with the reminder that he's still lame, mm. right? And, and so one of the things that the Lord did through that encounter in Scripture was it made me realize I don't have anything to prove, and the Lord's not expecting me to be something I'm not, yeah. right? At the end of the day, I'm just, I'm still lame in both feet, yeah. right? And he's not requiring yeah. anything that's outside of that from me, right? It, and it's the, it's the, unless the Lord builds the house, right? The laborers work in vain, right? Ultimately, it's the Lord who does all the work. And so, in other words, the pressure's off, right? So, yeah. so I have these encounters with the Spirit and I have these encounters with the Word and all of a sudden, the pressure's off. And when the pressure's off, all I've got to do is just spend time with Jesus, Right? I mean, ultimately, like, I just get to enjoy Jesus with no strings attached. And when, it's just amazing. It's just, it's changed my whole relationship with him. I'm finally, I feel like I'm, I feel like he's happy with me. Yeah. I actually feel it. Right? I, I, I just think it. It's not yeah, just theology yeah. anymore. Yeah. I feel it. So good. So. You know, the, the, the interesting thing in, in this passage, in Ephesians 3, it, 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 it talks about how, how we are to be strengthened with the power through his spirit in the inner man. In other words, there's something that, that happens to us inside of us that gives us the strength. I know for years I was convinced. I mean, I actually would probably think this in my mind that I'm going to bring my 40% and God's going to show up with his 60%. Or I'm going to bring my 5% and God's going to show up with his 
95%. I would always have this kind of ratio in my mind that I'm going to do my very best and then God's going to come in and make it all right, you know? And that is, that's wrong. You know, Paul would say, I am that I am because of the grace of God. Yeah. I mean, and, and the Mephibosheth story is right because he was, he was lame. And we're not, we're not called to do anything with the arm of the flesh. Right. We're, actually, we're actually called to recognize that we're like, like absolutely nothing, you know? But that's not, that's not a bad thing. No. That's actually the gateway into an experience with God's love that's like, like life transformational. You mentioned the father. I was, you know how um, um, we read the story of the prodigal son and like all of the parables, they're like diamonds. There's so many different facets to the parables mm-hmm. that you can begin to look at them. And I never really paid a lot of attention to the elder brother. We talk about the elder brother syndrome and how he wasn't happy with the prodigal coming back. But there's, a, there's an encounter in that parable between the elder brother and the father. That's very interesting. Because if you remember, the elder brother is just like upset because the prodigal is getting all this attention. He's getting the fatted calf. He's getting the, he's, he's getting the party. And he begins to complain to the father that why is he getting all that? I mean, I've, I've been serving this house all these years. I've never done this. I've never disobeyed you. And if you remember, the, the father is almost like perplexed. Yeah. Like, what are, you, what are you talking about? This is all yours. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's always been yours. Yeah. The fatted calf, the robe, the sandals, the ring, it's been yours all the time. Mm. So I, you know, I, I think that, that how many of us that are in the body of Christ are so much like that elder brother. We are serving the, in the Father's house, but more as a slave than a son. And it's possible to do that your entire life and still get into heaven. This isn't like a salvation issue. It's just but missing out on what we are being invited into. And it it all goes back to this thing about being rooted and grounded in love and to know the love of God that surpasses knowledge. Because we typically want to root and ground ourselves in something that's knowledge. Yeah. That's something that's able to be contained in the context of my cerebral cortex, right? Inside the gray matter. Yeah. But God's like, I'm not really interested in this. I'm interested in your heart. It's what made David so special. I'm not looking at the outward appearance, but I'm, but I, but I'm looking at what's inside your heart. That's what I want to encounter. Mm-hmm. And like you, I mean, I had, a, I had an experience with, with love that just completely changed everything. And what it did for me, and what it did for you, I think, it, it got rid of this need to perform for God. Yeah. That I, I began to realize in that moment that, yes, I want to do God's will, but God said, yeah, I know you want to do my will, but I need you to know you are my will. Yeah. You are my will. And I actually made you for love. And now, before the encounter with God's love, that always sounded a bit sappy. Right, that always sounded a little bit like, uh, that's just, yeah, that's, yeah, that's that tribe of Christians over there. I respect them and I love them, but that's just not who I am, <laughs> you know. But like, but all of a sudden, when when yeah. when 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 God's love grips your heart, it changes everything. And as we kind of get get ready to sort of you know, uh, land the plane here, I, I, I think many of us in the body of Christ, and as as I was praying, said, Lord, how do we, 
how do we convey these truths in a way that makes sense or that maybe could have made sense to me if somebody had told me this 10 or 15 years ago? Because many of us come to the Lord and the, and the first way we meet God, the first way we meet Jesus is our Savior. Yeah. Because we're, we're, we are saved. We are redeemed. We are, I mean, that's how we engage God for the very first time. We meet Him as our Savior. But we're not just trying to come from something. He's bringing us to something. And we're saved, and we begin to grow. And then we discover, oh, gosh, He's, he's more than just our Savior. He's actually our Lord. And, and He's our King because God is so good. And we realize in time His ways are better than our ways. So I'm going to start obeying him because it's actually better to obey him than listen to me. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of us as Christians, we don't ever get beyond that point. Mm-hmm. You know, we get saved. He becomes our Lord. And we begin to live like that in that place, just like that elder brother in the father's house. We begin to live in that, in that place. And we really never know there's so much more. Yeah. In other words, it's not just he's our savior. Yes, he is that. He, he, is, he is our Lord, but He's our Father. Yeah. He's our Father. And then we, we step into that, that, that identity that comes. And knowing, yes, He's God. Yes, He's keen. I lived my Christian life pretty much like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. You're, my, you're my king. And, yeah. and, and He is a king, but He's a, but he's a father. He's a, he's a father king. And then once you get that, once you get identity, right, knowing that he's our father, then the father wants to do something. The father wants to introduce his son to the bride. Right. And until you get the fatherhood message, the truth of that, that's the key to unlock true intimacy with Jesus. Yeah. The father wants to introduce his son to the bride. And that's why when it's all said and done in the, in the, in the age to come, it's the spirit and the bride say come. Because we are going to be and we are the bride of Christ. And here's the good news. You don't have to get stuck. You can move from savior to Lord to father to bride. Just in a, yeah, it's fluid. In a moment. You don't, you don't have to get stuck. Like I did for years and years and years and years. I got stuck living a life that was, yeah, I had my merry moments, right? I, I really encountered God in some powerful ways, but it was more, you know, merry moments. I mean, I lived like a Martha, but I had merry moments. Mm-hmm. And we're called to live like Mary at the feet of Jesus. And of course, there's things to be done, but, right. it, but, it, but, it, but it really does. It really does change everything when the love of God encounters us in such a powerful way. So let me just ask you this thought. If, yeah. if, if you were going to boil it down, when you had this experience with the love of God, right, what was the thing that changed the most about you? Like, like if, if you're going to like boil down and synthesize it to its base common denominator, what was that experience with the love of God? What changed in you? Where did you see the fruit the most oh, in, your, in your life? man. Oh gosh, that's a hard question uh, because I felt like so much changed. My wife told me the other day, uh, she was like, she's just not even the same person. Uh, What changed the most about me? I, so, okay, oddly enough, uh, this this really has nothing to do with the Father's love. Honestly, um, that encounter was uh, so tremendous. It bore so much fruit 
and it was so enjoyable. Uh, and the thing that it did the most in me is it made me long to be with the Lord, right? It really produced a, a deep desire in me to be in the presence of God, yeah. right? Not to, not to have moments of it when we go to church, right. but to, to literally live right behind the torn veil in the Holy of Holies to live and, and have regular encounters with the Lord. Yeah. Um, you know, and I just don't, I don't think, I don't think that we're not supposed to live that way, yeah. right? Like I don't think that Jesus went through everything that he went through toward the veil to keep us at arm's distance. You know, it was to bring us as close as we want to be. Um, and so for me, that's what's changed is I just try, I'm just really trying to be in the presence of God as much as I can. Uh, and when I'm not, it hurts, you know, yeah, it, it's, yeah. it's the lovesick totally. bride thing. It's just like, I, I just, I just, that's where I want to be. And I, it's not an excuse. I, I do want to go back real quick because it, what you said, all of this is not an excuse to not, you know, work, right? It's not an excuse totally. for laziness. Yeah, totally, totally. Work has to get done. And, uh, but it's like Mike Bickle said, you know, a, a lover will always outwork a worker. Mm -hmm. right yeah now say that again that's an important point a lover will always outwork a worker right a lover will always outwork a worker yeah and i believe that was my people so i can't say that but when i love somebody i am going to work better harder stronger and it's going to be easier right than if i'm doing it out of fear which ultimately was where i found myself a lot of my christianity was was motivated by fear and respect and respect is a good thing Fear can even be a good thing occasionally, right? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Totally. But love, man, that's the motivating factor right there. And that's, uh, that's an amazing thing. I, you know, you're maybe listening to this and, and you're thinking, I, I, I've, never had, I've never had an experience like Casey described or like I had. And, and what, what I don't want to do is to make you feel less than at all. I... I, I'm hoping that there's a hunger inside of you. And only, the only thing I can tell you is, is what helped me to enter into it. And it was a very simple thing. It was at the beginning of last year. I felt my heart just, I just wasn't feeling much, you know. And I, and I, remember, I remember being at a um, conference at the um, end of um, 2018. And, I, and I, I remember thinking, I can't wait to get in the prayer room. And I knew exactly what I was supposed to do. I knew the spot in the prayer room I was supposed to go. And I knew exactly what I was supposed to pray. And I remember at, at 10 a.m. on a Monday morning, I knelt down in the prayer room off to the side up front. And, and my prayer was very simple. I said, God, I need to cry. It had been too long. I mean, I had not really cried. I need to cry. And God, I... I need to know what's wrong with me. I didn't, I didn't know what's wrong with me. And, and I started praying that prayer at 10 a.m. And there was a mounting frustration inside of me that came from the conference I was at. We came right back. We all went to Dawsonville to be baptized. So my, so my heart was already just really hungry. And I began praying at 10 a.m. And 11 came and nothing happened. 12 came and nothing happened. 1 p.m. came and nothing happened. 2 p.m. came and something started to happen. Sometimes you have to pray until you pray. Yeah. Sometimes there's something about persistent prayer that is motivated by a hunger. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, those will be filled. 
In other words, there was a hunger and a, and a desperation inside of me. And it was at 2 p.m. the nut began to crack. And you know, God revealed to me exactly what it was. And then I began to cry. And I don't have time to tell you what happened after that. But it was a it was an powerful encounter with God's love. And ultimately, as I was thinking about that, and as I'm as I'm telling you right now, what do you need to do? Acts 3:19 tells us this: that, that, if, that if we would repent and we would return, there would be times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. I'm convinced powerful encounters with God will come on the heels of of hunger and repentance. Yeah. Because I knew there was something wrong with me. Yeah. I knew I needed to repent of something going on inside of me. And it was from that deep repentance opened the gateway to a time of profound refreshing from God. I think some of us want the experience apart from repentance and returning back to Him. Yeah. And if we don't repent and return, we're not going to really experience the time of refreshing that God wants. Yeah. Can I, can I add yeah, the, the, a third point to that? Yeah, yeah. Repent, return, and I would say have faith. Yeah. Um, I, that was a big thing that the Lord dealt with me was, you know, it's, it's by faith that we're saved, right? And it's by faith that we receive the Spirit, right? And I, what is it, Ephesians, Ephesians 2? I think it's Ephesians 2. It could be Ephesians 1, right? We've been granted every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies, yeah. right? Faith is the currency of the kingdom. We, we, we talk about that, but, but basically, you know, for me, what I realized is if I wanted something like that, I actually had to have faith that it would happen. Like yeah. I, had to, I had to grab onto that. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I just figured I'd throw that out there. No, that's good. That's good. So we, I mean, we want to pray. We want to, we, we want to pray right now, and we want, to, we want to pray for you. We are like really out of time. We talked a lot. <laughs> um, so... We're going to be doing virtual services for the rest of this month. And I want to have Casey come back um, as well. And we can talk about high school and college and some, and some really powerful thoughts about the millennial generation. I mean, yeah. we, there, there's some stuff that God's doing in that um, yeah. group of people that we want to talk more about. And maybe we can do that next time. But we are um, out of time. And, and just, want to, just want to take a moment and just, and just pray. Pray for you. Pray for you right now. And I just want to encourage your heart. Man, there's just... There's more, man. There's more that God has for you, and I just am so convinced now that it 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 starts out of being rooted and grounded in love. It's no secret that we're Pentecostals, we're Charismatics. What does that mean? That we believe in the move of the Spirit. We believe in Acts one eight that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I know that to be true. I've 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 experienced that. Mm. But after my experience at the beginning of last year, I began reading Acts chapter 2 in a completely different way. That what really happened in the upper room? Remember? 120 people gathered to wait and pray for 10 days. To, to earnestly seek God for the promise of the Father. The promise of the Father. And we know a sound like a violent rushing wind came. We know tongues as a fire came upon them. Listen, it wasn't wind and it wasn't fire. It was the Holy Spirit. Wind and fire was just a metaphor. It was actually the person of the Holy Spirit. And they were all filled and they were encountering the Holy Spirit together, all 120 in that upper room. And, and I, I really believe what was happening there was not just power to go out and lay hands on the sick, but I believe they were being encountered with the love of God. Yeah. I believe that's what was happening 
in the upper room. That it was so important to Jesus for them to have an encounter with the love of God before they did anything. Before they spilled out into the streets, before they established the house churches, before any of that happened, the first thing, the epicenter, was an encounter with the love of God. The Holy Spirit filled them. And what was the Holy Spirit doing? Well, Paul tells us in Romans that the the love of God was being shed abroad in their heart. They were encountering love first. And, And I know, man, I went years and years and years thinking I had an upper room experience because I had this power of God flowing in me. But what I didn't have was that moment where I was rooted and grounded in love. So good. And what I want to encourage you to do, if, if, if you were like me and you never had that moment, I, I encourage you to seek it, to, to, to ask God. Luke eleven thirteen 13 says that, that, if, that if we who are evil know how to give good gifts to our children, how much what more will our loving Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? And I believe that is, is, is asking in hunger and asking in faith that you're going to receive. And it's asking for that. So man, we're just gonna we're just gonna pray for you right now and, and um, just believe God wherever you are, wherever you are, just just put your hand on your on your heart, put on your head, no matter, no matter how you look, maybe just find this, find this place. And I just believe that right now, in this in this very moment, that the Lord would just Jesus. encounter you, Jesus, in love and root and ground you and encounter with his with his powerful love jesus so casey why don't you pray and and then i'll just wrap up oh father i'm so grateful that you love us and you made it known that it is no secret how much you love us that you went through the 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 most extreme lengths to demonstrate and to prove just how much you love us. That Romans 5 says that you demonstrated your love in this, that you died for us while we were yet sinners. Lord, I pray that you would apprehend hearts right now. Man, that you would pour out your spirit. You would pour out your love and acceptance upon the body right now. I pray that the stamp of of, of John 17 would be on their hearts where you said, Jesus, you said, the glory that you have given me, Father, I have given them that they may be one as you and I are one, that the world will know that that I sent them and that the world will know that you have loved them the same way that you love me. Lord, I thank you. Thank you, Father, that you love us like you love Jesus. And I pray that we would have a resurgence of faith to believe your word. You're so good to us, Jesus. Father, I'm so grateful for your pursuit of me. I'm so grateful for your long suffering and your patience and your kindness. Father, I'm asking right now, Lord, for for anyone that's listening right now, that one or two, that's just right now you're thinking, man, I, I really want that. I really want that. I, I haven't, man, I haven't encountered, I haven't experienced what those guys are talking about. Father, I just pray that you would just increase your hunger inside of them. Just, just increase that hunger inside of us. That desire yes. that trumps all other desires. Lord, where the things of this world begin to grow strangely dim yes. in the light of just your glory and your grace and your love. Just increase that hunger. 
Lord, increase your presence right yes, now. Father. I'm asking you, God, just increase your presence right there in the room with my sister and my brother, wherever they are, just increase your presence. Let them hear your voice wooing and drawing them. Lord, I, I know it's real. I've experienced it, God. I've tasted and seen that you are good. And Lord, it has left me lovesick, desiring just more of you. And I know, Lord, that lovesickness will not ultimately ever be quenched until one day. Yes. Until one day there is the sound of a trumpet. And I'm going to be caught up and God, get a glorified body and we're going to come back together. You and me, Jesus, and, and countless others are going to come back and the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ. And we're going to reign with you on that day. Lord, we look with expectation to that, yes. Lord. So I pray, God, right now, just encounter my brothers and my sisters with your love that changes everything, changes everything, that we would be rooted and grounded. And I pray that, Lord, that you... Lord, according to the riches of your glory, that they'd be strengthened with the power of the Spirit in their inner man so that Christ may dwell in their hearts through faith that they, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth that they may know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge and they may be filled up to all the fullness of God let it be so let it be so in the wonderful sweet name of Jesus amen amen, amen.